I'm Josh Bell. And I'm Jason Harris, and we co-host a podcast called Awesome Movie Year. Each season, we take a look back at an awesome year for movies, which is every year. We deep dive into these specific years, and we pick out why they were such great years for films. We go over the biggest hits, the biggest flops, the best pictures, some personal picks, some cult classics. Years we've covered in past seasons include 1994, 2003, 1977, and 1984, and we've got all of film history to look forward to. So check us out at awesomemovieyear.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Jonathan E., that's the name. His players come and go, but the champion plays on. You know how the game serves us. It has a definite social purpose. Welcome to the latest episode of the podcast, That Wouldn't Die. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, as always, is Aaron. Hey! This week, we're discussing the science fiction classic... Rollerball, starring James Caan, John Houseman, and others. Absolutely, and all the rest. And I do not like the question mark on uh, classic, because clearly this is a classic. It is oh, a slice from another time. <laughs> that is true. That is, I, I, love, <laughs> I love 70s movies that take place in the future, but are very 70s in their aesthetic. But are still 70s nonetheless. <laughs> Absolutely. Each week on the podcast that wouldn't die, we discuss guilty pleasures and forgotten classics of the horror and sci-fi genre. Aaron, what's up with you? I am coming to you from our parents' guest bedroom somewhere on the Central Coast, which is why I'm in deep dark i have extreme lighting on one side and just some kind of yellow haze on the rest of me this is the best it's gonna get quite frankly quite frankly their wi-fi is so terrible it's it's a wonder that we're even connected right now and who's to say it'll last who's to say who's to say i make no promises i am also in my pajamas so why shouldn't i be comfortable it's early sunday morning and by know. early, it's almost nine o'clock. <laughs> that is early. <laughs> Sweet Lord. I also just kind of rolled out of bed, you know, set up the, the computer and let the, the good times roll. The, the coffee true. is coursing through my veins. <laughs> Why don't you give us your 30 second synopsis of Rollerball? As with all movies uh that deal with our dystopian future the corporations are out of control and now control the whole world so to appease the masses we have a gladiator situation pitting cities against cities people die you know it's fantastic and strangely with all their power they don't seem to have a lot of power when it comes to james Kahn trying to be forced to retire if he says no, they're just like, well, we'll let the game play out. Except he's been, he's survived this for 10 years. Why right. do you think all of a sudden in the next two games now, this is how you get rid of him? Anyway, you know, James Con- James Con wins the end. <laughs> it's important to remember the fact that there was a time when James Con was considered a leading man. What he was. Like I mean, he's young, he's trim, personable. He 
We only remember him as Sonny Corleone or what is it? Uh, what's the Las, honeymoon in Las Vegas where he just becomes <laughs> Vegas. old and angry and wrinkled or Elf. Elf. The, well, he's I mean, always uh, in his later years. He's just always angry. I read this thing about James Caan, how in the 70s, I and mean, he was in The Godfather, mm-hmm. and he was like, a, he was a star, right? And then basically cocaine wiped out most of the 80s. Right. So, then, so by the late 80s, he kind of was just taking what he had to take, including the immortal classic Alien Nation, <laughs> which I love. Uh-huh. And, that, and, that, and then he, from there, he got Misery. Which kind of yes. really put him back on the I map. forgot about Misery. I mean, he he's a great actor. He's done a he lot is. of great things. Right. It's I do like, love Misery. You you forget, and this is true of sports as well, that cocaine just demolished careers. I mean, Richard yeah. Dreyfus, same thing. He was like a big star. He did Jaws and a few other things in the late 70s. Then the early 80s, wiped out with cocaine. Dude, I would and not then, want to hang out with a wired out Richard Dreyfus. That sounds But terrible. you love a Richard Dreyfus. I the do love a little, a little a little furry Richard Dreyfus. A little Ewok. A little Ewok. I can carry him in my backpack. <laughs> Sex dwarf. But uh, the idea of him then just like running around my house and talking, uh, talking at me a thousand miles a minute. That right. does not seem fantastic. Does not indeed. Does not indeed. Now, had you, you had seen this before, I'm assuming. Where I don't think I had. Oh, or really? if I had, it was so long ago that I have no memory of it. I heard about this movie. And then I want to say, like, maybe almost 20 years ago, there was a remake starring uh, Chris Klein from American Pie and uh, Rebecca Romaine and Ice, Ice, excuse me, LL Cool J. LL Cool LL J. Cool J. And Which how did, how did how did that work out? Two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Hmm. People were not a fan. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff in this. I mean, clearly uh, roller derby was a thing, and they decided why not just kick it up a notch. It is. I mean, it's absolutely. I mean, the, we've talked about this before. This was the time when roller derby was considered like a legitimate sport across right. America back in the, back in the seventies. Um, so not being an expert of roller derby, I had to look it up. Evidently in real roller derby, not a lot of motorcycles are involved. That's what I'm saying. They had, they had to like cage match it up. So they're like <laughs> roller derby, derby, cause they got to make it like a gladiator. People have to right. die. There has to be a lot of drama. And so you had to, you can kill people. You can just beat the crap out of them. You can have motorcycles popping their head like grapes, whatever it yes. takes. Yeah. So I, I remember people, I remember hearing about it basically from the remake, which I did see at the time. Um, but I didn't see the original until I want to say like two or three years ago for the first time. And I'll reserve comment. All right. <laughs> How dare you, sir? How dare you, sir? I mean, the first thing you see in this movie is the font. It is iconic, and yes. it was created just for this. Absolutely. It's called Absolutely. Rollerball 75, but it is so iconic that it really captures this kind of it, – it's like a future 70s font, and it's just it a, a really cool – I saw – I went online, and I saw all these, like, Rollerball shirts you can buy right now with that font, and it just looks so cool. It is so cool. 
That is the craziest thing. That is it. Well, and they they have that font on their jerseys for like right. their numbers, number eight or whatever. Yeah, it it, it is iconic, no question. Sweet uh, dragons. Again, um, corporations rule everything. We've been getting these messages since the '60s, and no one is heeding the beat of the drum as corporations become more and more powerful. Right. In this movie, they they run the world, and this is like I think this is the only sport that is allowed as like kind of a distraction. You know, James Con is Jonathan E because they don't give you last names. He's so everyone's chanting Jonathan, Jonathan whenever he does anything, which is not um, a butch name. I just want to point that out. <laughs> it is not. So he plays for Houston, and then they play against teams like in Manila and Madrid, and you're like. I mean, I, I I follow football, and it takes these it takes a lot out of these teams just flying, you know, three hours to you know to the real Houston. You know what I mean? Much right. less we're, we're taking a twelve hour flight to to Madrid, Spain, or whatever it is. So, but I mean, great. I mean, if it's the only sport that's that's in the world, then right. you can really have some good players here. But by players, it's how many people can we kill while scoring the most points? Well, and the ball is like literally like a shot put. It's, it's like heavy. a metal. It's heavy. <laughs> he dropped it on the floor and went pop, thump, clang as it crashed down. Yeah, it is. It's not. It's no fun in games. You know They'd I mean? literally kill killed. people by dragging their body over to the track where the ball was going to come out. Yes. Yes. Well, and, it, which I think that's interesting about this movie is this is the first movie where literally they uh, listed the stunt performers because that's like half this movie. It's half the, the movie. Playing rollerball, they're really playing rollerball. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. There are really people skating around with motorcycles zipping by. I mean, <laughs> it's a blood sport. It, it, it it's a real thing. Well, in this uh, future world. The corporations take care of everything. So there's really, it's got to be boring. There's really nothing going on. They really don't have to right. work. They really don't need to. There's no hunger. There's no poverty. There's nothing going on except uh, sex ladies and rollerball. So, I mean, we don't really get to see how regular people live in this dystopian future. Right. right. We sound we like the Kardashians the- of this future world, how they live. We we see how um, James Kahn, who plays Jonathan, who's like the biggest star of Rollerball. We right. see how he lives in like a huge, luxurious ranch, riding horses. And he's got kind of like Soylent Green. Like, I guess the company sends you like a lady friend. Who lives with you for six months or whatever until they? Which he treats, which he treats like trash, uh, and doesn't even like let them know they're being replaced. They're just like peace, because that was you weren't even going to say goodbye. He's like, "Eh, we'll talk about this later, and by later I mean never. And I mean get the (laughs) out. What she's like? What? (laughs) Well, I wonder. You're right. He seemed very callous, but. During the course of the movie, they established that he had the love of his life and that the company uh, made took her, her away. go off and took her away to go live with an executive right? Uh, who, who took a fancy to her. And he just had to take it, basically. 
So I, you wonder if he's supposed to say like, yes, you're kind of forcing these other women upon me, but my true love is still out there. And that's the one I really care about. And by forcing, he's know. calling up and asking for a replacement. So <laughs> I don't think he could. There was no scene where he was on the phone going, yeah, get, you got to get this lady out of here. She's getting a little too clingy. She too clingy. Yeah, yeah. He called new. to get to send a new one over. Oh, did he? Maybe yes, there is actually a scene where he's calling. <laughs> uh, can you send another lovely lady over, over that I can just look at with disdain and give her weird, I don't yeah. know, weird pills so she passes out and says gibberish? Nice. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of that in this movie. Um, and I have to say, this is this is the 70s. So you can have your hero with the shirt off half the movie full on like furry, you know, Sasquatch body. He was a hairy bear. He was a scary bear. (laughs) Absolutely. And the hair on his back matched the hair on his head. I mean, he was Uh, absolutely monster. Absolutely. That was the time, man. (laughs) They loved it. That was a thing. So. That made her more masculine. So there's hope for me yet. <laughs> That's exactly right. Didn't That's we have a discussion exactly. about transporting back back hair on top of your head? It's a little different texture. We need to, right? It is. It'd be kind of like this. Kind of a weird, scary. It'd be like pubic pad, hair just growing out of the yes. front. Long, straight on the That's sides. True. And then just like this. Yeah. Like a rug like Dennis D. Young. Exactly like that. That's a deep cut. That's a lead singer of lead singer (laughs) sticks. For those of you guys who was a band, we have to keep explaining as we. It says, "Lady, when you're with me, I'm smiling." Smiling. (laughs) Uh, Right. (laughs) No. Yeah. Part of growing older as, as a as a gentleman is your hair will often recede. Maybe not to this extent. Uh, but you'll also get hair in weird places where you didn't used to have hair. That's right. A situation. As a bonus of, uh, and quite frankly, even as a lady, your hair starts thinning. But as a bonus, right. you'll get hair in places you never wanted to have hair. So that's great. That's great. It's called Fun time. <laughs> it's Jesus laughing at us. Ha 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 ha. That is cool. You, want, you still want some hair? Here's some crazy hair for you. It's a sad situation. Um, I, I, again, I, at one point, Jonathan is called up to meet the boss, played by John Houseman, and told essentially... There are some executives who want you to retire, Jonathan. And he did, so the the central thrust of this movie is the company wants him to retire, and we find I think at the end we find out why. And he's like, really? Because well, I don't, I don't even remember. Is it just because he's too good? Did, why did they want him to retire? I don't I, even remember. I think, and again, I may have been hallucinating this. I think it was something along the lines of, like, they're supposed to be nameless, faceless, interchangeable players. Oh, he's a star. He's a star. That's right. In this society, we don't want stars. We don't want leaders. Right. That's that's right. No queen bee. They say something to that effect. 
But it's not like he was like attending like union meetings or something, no, right? He could give up. There's no like scene like that at all. He and uh, quite frankly, so, if the, they if they just gave him his wife back, there would be no movie. They'd be like, oh, "Okay, yeah, she can come back." Okay, the end. Right, right. So they're like, "You need to retire," and he says, "I don't want to retire." So then they start changing the rules of the game instead of like literally sending stormtroopers to his house to grab him, kicking his. No, door, no and he, he disappears and and dies in one of those Putin airplane crashes where I don't know what happened. <laughs> right. 100%. Are so so all powerful that? and know everything. Why they just handle this a little bit differently? They they do not, evidently. They they literally say like, well, for the next game against Tokyo, we're going to change it. So there's what is it? No no, no time limits. But the, no penalties, that's, that's no time game. limits. Okay. First one is like, like no penalties and minimum substitutions. Right. And then when that doesn't work, the five of the final game, they're like no penalties, no substitutions, and no time limit. So since they don't really explain the rules of the game, is it just we're going to keep playing until everyone's dead? Until no, or until they no score. Is it is it that or is it we don't know if they have to score uh, a certain amount of points. There's right. There's no tutorial on how the uh, on the rules of rollerball. So it seems like I don't know what a penalty is anyway. So they have like people with motorcycles running over people and Well, people they talked about that out. they didn't care about the penalties anyway. Like right. in the early pep talks in one of right. the more glorious racist scenes where they have, uh, what's his name? Mr. Ito, who is in Quincy, yes, comes, on, yes. <laughs> comes on and tries to explain Japanese culture and what they'll be doing. And they just yada yada it. It, it, it was uh, very strange. Right. Very they were strange playing, and they're racist. playing a team in Tokyo and they brought in Quincy's, was he his associate? Medical associate lab tech, lab, He's the tech lab guy. Like I haven't seen Quincy in, in 35 mm -mm. years, but yeah, but I had to look other... him up. I'm like, this dude looks so familiar. The assistant medical examiner, who was also in Buckaroo Banzai, we've talked about that before. Oh, okay, he was <laughs> he was Buckaroo's mentor in Buckaroo Banzai. He's a hardest working man in show business, <laughs> right? He uh, he tries to teach them that they that the the Japanese players have kind of an erratic style, uh, so it's important. But they're what so they arrogant; they're, they're not yes. interested in learning anything. Yeah, not at all. Well, his, it was, it was uh, James Con's buddy on the team, like the enforcer on the team, who's called Moon Pie. For some reason, I don't no know. explanation. What? What? The, what I have no. I have no idea. I have no idea what that's <laughs> supposed to be. He well, he later go, gets put into a coma after the game against the Japanese, probably because of his racist proclivities. That was that was just that's what you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. Racist, right? Racist <laughs> called karma. Um, so this this movie is. I mean, I don't want to say it's boring, but it's a little boring. I'll say I thought the first three quarters was pretty interesting. I really enjoyed the sets were amazing. They went around to, to find all this like brutalist and 
interesting buildings to add to the idea that we're in this futuristic society. Uh, the Energy Corporation building is really the BMW headquarters in Munich and also appears in Suspiria. Oh, really? And, That's interesting. Yeah, I found that. And then I can't remember. There's like a, a Fuji building. There was another building in, in Berlin that they use for like the, the headquarters. And then when he goes into the main office where it's all futuristic yes. with like the perfect seventies furniture, God, <laughs> yes. that was like in Switzerland. It's like, I don't know the, the, what do we have in Switzerland? It's not the United nations, but it's, it's something along those lines headquarters. Well, yeah, it, it definitely had an aesthetic it was going for. But again, it was like James Cunt, his fashion was was hard 70s. Oh, I mean, God, I loved unzipped, it. Things unzipped to like mid-navel with a chain and furry chest hair. He's wearing like, like these cowboy boots with the skin-tight pants on, polyester. Exactly. Up the yin-yang. Uh, he had like, to have tucked because there were, he either has nothing or he's tucking because there was a uh, – no room to hide anything. That's I would true. have to say the the men's fashion is so horribly dated, but the yeah. women's fashion is still kind of like it's that seventies romantic, a lot of satin, a lot of scarves. It was still it it was very cool. I mean, it's one of these things. Whenever they try to do a movie in the seventies or the eighties, it never looks right. You know what I mean? Right. This is a real slice of fashion, and I was thinking. Nobody dresses up anymore. Look at all, look at everybody's going to a cocktail party and they are dressed up beautifully. And I was thinking, I mourned that a little bit. Why don't I get invited to nicer parties? Well, it's like they're, they're kind of these flowing kind of gown, kind of almost like a muumuu kind of flopping around. Very Or <laughs> pants, the long flowing uh, yes. like palazzo pants. But it is that it, in the 70s hat for at least women's fashion had this kind of like, dreamy romantic kind of uh thing along with the weird right. disco and the wraparound pants and the clear plastic yes. wraparound skirt for american bands that where you just wear uh that's when ballet clothes became like a thing you would just wear everybody has to wear <laughs> tights and leotards weep weep so are you dancing the, that, that was me. I was doing the hustle followed by the nutcracker. So that's very interesting. I was down with it for at least three quarters and then the end got really boring. I, I, I really could care less. Well, it's again, like a car was... chase, except that they're yes. just killing as many people as possible. Right. Well, and, th and that was the thing. They're like, we're changing the rules to make it more deadly. And you're like, it was plenty deadly to begin with. They I mean, talk about the record was like eight people got killed in, in one of his yes. famous matches. And everybody was like, <laughs> yes, you set the record, Jonathan. You murdered eight people last week. Yes. Yes. It's, it's murder and mayhem. I mean, I don't know how you feel the team. If every every time you play, you lose nine people. You decimate the team. How do you play next week? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Makes no sense. Now, when it comes to kind of dystopian future stories, there's typically your two styles. There's like that kind of totalitarian 1984 future. But the other side is the brave new world. Aldous right. Huxley version where it's like, you know, the opium of the masses. Yeah. Right. right. We've, we've, 
given you everything that you need so you don't rise up against the fact that we've taken away all your rights right kind of thing so i ideally i think we're supposed to think this is kind of a brave new world situation but you don't really see they talk about we've given you know everything you need we give people everything you need but there's not we don't see what the the drawback is i, I mean i don't right. know you know, the only humanitarian crisis is they need Jonathan to retire, and I'm not sure. Yes. In sports, they can make you retire, correct? Yes. They're basically fired, and they pay you out, right? But not in our yes. future. They're so they're so equal that they they don't want to do anything shady. I mean, usually in totalitarian governments, the uh, you know the black shirts are just going to come and and disappear you. But not here in this glorious future. This is literally all the story of Jonathan doesn't want to retire. That's it. Yes. That's a hundred percent. And they took That's his the story wife of away. Every athlete, by the way, the story yeah. of every athlete in the real world is they don't want to retire. That's I right. Mean, let's be honest. What do you but mean? Eventually, eventually coach cuts down your minutes and eventually yeah. the team just cuts you. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's a lot. And they, what, they couldn't have just done that. Cause everywhere Jonathan goes, he has a heart to heart with somebody he considers like a friend or a mentor. And they're always like, why don't you just retire? The place said that they're going to set you up with everything you want, everything you need. You'll, you know, live out your days on your beautiful ranch. Everything's cool. He's like, no, nah, I'm not going to. Well, then we have to kill you. Except we're not going to actually kill you because we, we can't do that. This is some, I don't know, right. except for the snatching of his wife. Is this some kind of ethical totalitarian government we can't just outright kill you but we're yes. just going to make the game harder it's already a murder game we're just going to make it a little bit harder it's like okay you're a professional football player here's what we're going to do we want you to retire you won't retire okay well now you can't wear a helmet you're still going to play every game no you have to play for- naked yeah you're you naked play- dangles dangling and there's going to be a bonus on anyone who can snatch your balls. Boom! That would get me to retire. New rules. New rules. <laughs> and again, not just him, but everybody. No, From now on, no one on either team can wear pads or helmets anymore. Everybody's and dangles are dangling. Everybody's dangling. <laughs> and now we're not going to have – there's not going to be any timeouts. There's not going to – and we're going to have no time limits. They're just going to crash into each other until what, you break your neck. I guess. Yeah. And we're or until the team kills you because they're so pissed. Just because <laughs> right. you, you fucking won't retire. <laughs> right. His friends are being put into comas because of the rule changes <laughs> because of his ridiculousness. Uh, he so. still stands firm. He's like, nah, nah. Not doing it. Nah. And then what? It. So after, after the last match when everyone's dead but one homie and he scores the final thing, and then what happens next week? All his friends are dead because he wouldn't retire. Both teams teams have been massacred except for him. He's the last one standing. He scores another goal. The crowd cheers Jonathan. Jonathan, you see John Houseman shaking his head sadly. And that's the end of the movie. (laughs) So I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. The next match, there's no substitution. So it's just just him against whatever team they're playing next. He's not allowed to wear skates next time. He's not allowed to wear skates. He has to walk uh, just on ground glass for for the the final. (laughs) Yes, it becomes a sack race. He just has to hop around with motorcycles. Hop out of the way of the murder cycles. 
The murder cycles. Absolutely. <laughs> Write that down. That's brilliant. I mean, I thought part of it was good. I mean, it's a lot of like the, the gladiator spirit. When they go to that cocktail party where they're watching, like, which was the equivalent of, remember, the NFL's greatest hits, yes. where it's, the agony of defeat. Yes. Uh, it looked like literally like a Roman orgy. Everybody was getting high and drunk, laying all over each other. Yes. The gladiators would come in. The women would swarm. I they thought would. that was all interesting. I thought, right. I mean, not that that doesn't happen right this very moment. Right. And again, we can't we can't stress how 70s it all was. You had James Conn with like his 70s white boy fro. You yeah. had another dude with big old handlebar mustache and, oh, ha- yeah. and hair hanging Handy. down. It was like, come on. Come I want on, it, bro. I want the handlebar mustache to just weave into the neck yes. hair that goes right into the chest hair and Is the it? back hair and the ass hair and the toe hair. I just want it to be to, to be some kind of a freak show thing, like where he just becomes wolf boy. I was just going to say that Jojo the Wolf Boy is what you want him to, to eventually become. Or you Chuck Norris, because that's pretty close. That was pretty, you better believe it. <laughs> I watched I, early Chuck Norris. He had no social, uh, facial hair. He had no facial hair. Kind of, he had some sideburns, but no facial hair. Then he just had the mustache for a movie or two. And then he's just like, I'm just going full beard. And that was his Then he was just a werewolf. That he was—he literally was just a werewolf after that. <laughs> Very sad. Just a werewolf. Can we talk about John Houseman? Do you know why John Houseman is famous? From the paper chase. No? You were, see, paper chase was before my time. I All knew right. him from two things. Uh-oh. He was, he was uh, Ricky Schroeder's grandfather on Silver Spoons. I never watched is that. Is what show. I remember him from. And he was in the Smith Barney ads. We make money the old-fashioned way. Uh, we earn, we it. earn it. That was his <laughs> thing. Right. I don't even know if Smith Barney's still around. Is that still a thing? Merrill I don't know. Do know, they go down with uh, Enron, Goldman Sachs? Who the hell knows? Right. That, that's what I'm asking. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Who but knows? evidently he was like... Before that, that he was like a, a like a movie producer. Like he helped produce like Citizen Kane with Orson Welles and stuff. Back oh, so he's a movie producer in like 1920. Is that what you're saying? Right. <laughs> in, in the 1850s, he was the first. Yes, he's also Nosferatu. He uh, and then there was Cat Orlock. In the in the late 60s through the early 70s, he was also like the the top um, theater teacher professor at Juilliard. So with his first uh, drama class was like Kevin Klein and Patti LuPone and other people, you know, so he was like a big kind of theater guy. Yeah. Before eventually doing the paper chase, which was a movie first and then became uh, a a short lived TV series. So there you go. Good times. So any last thoughts or feelings, Aaron on rollerball? I enjoyed it. I thought it was interesting. I don't know what's wrong with you, but I I, I thought, uh, I mean, of course, there's many, many flaws, but I thought the overall vibe was good. I like, uh, God, I, I liked all the, the settings. It, I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, slice of life. Now, I mean, t- is it stupid? Should they just have killed him and then the movie was over after 15 minutes? Yeah, that makes more sense. It's well, no and, brave new world, but they all no were hitting the world. soma. 
it's funny for a lot of reasons where, where it's like rollerball seems kind of like a goofy name for a movie number one right. but i mean it's because um, it's right. it's roller derby is that is that weirder or less weird i don't know i, I can't <laughs> explain it do you now when he talked about how you guys stole my wife and took her away they said well she wanted to leave and then when she comes back to him, he feels that she's only there because the company has sent her back. So that's the question. Do you but think that's they, true? I didn't get that sense. I think that's something they tell because while she was getting loaded at the orgy, uh, she was out of her mind. But she, you could tell there was that that longing well, and that sadness there's there's a different okay so there's two different girls there's the girl maxi i think her name was marxy i don't remember what her name was marky post or something like that there was the Not girl marky post there was the girl <laughs> there was the girl that he comes home and basically gives her walking papers and he keeps seeing her she keeps coming back but that's not his his lady his lady is is Maude Adams from the James Bond movies who shows up, but he's watching her videos where it's like her and him are like laying in a field. And then there's there's She's their buddies the lady in there too. With the with the red and the at at the orgy, that wasn't his no. wife? No, that was the girl kicked that? out earlier in the movie. Oh, I missed that. Who uh, who was like you weren't gonna say goodbye? That yeah. was his. That was his living lady that he didn't really care about. The yeah. one he cared about was the one he was watching her videos. It's kind of like that movie Minority Report, where there are those moments uh, where he's like looking at old videos of his past relationship or whatever. Yeah. Um, All so right. she comes back and they kind of re reunite. But he's like, "You're only here because the company sent you." And she's like, "Yes, they sent me, but that's not why I'm here." You know, she because a lot of people are like, you should quit because this is a dangerous, horrible sport anyway. And they're they're going to take care of you. So why don't you just retire and not subject yourself to this anymore? But it's kind of a, a similar message to what the company is saying. So can we trust? Who knows? Right, right. You know, and then it was kind All of a right. sad moment when he she walks in and he like puts on her video and then erases it. After Ooh. watching it, that was his way of being like, okay, That's I guess it. we're good. F you. Deuces. Yeah. <laughs> Deuces. So. Yeah, because now know. the corporations got everybody. Everybody's telling them, just do it. It was. Like, why, would, why, would you go against, why would you go against the corporation? Right. His mentor was telling him, don't do it. Or uh, was telling him to retire. The company was telling him to retire. His coach was like, why can't you listen to anybody and just retire? Every, his coach if your coach is telling you to retire that's that's a sign that's a sign why can't they just say you fired you, you fired, fired. your contract's <laughs> not being renewed correct uh, any other why? thoughts and feelings because we don't give a shit get out get we're still out. a corporation there's no we're not going to tell you nothing and you don't need to know yeah, uh, I thought it was entertaining. Clearly, you pr probably had the LL Cool J version stuck in your head, I so that confused you. Uh, Don't sleep on the LL Cool J version, because you've got Rebecca Romaine doing some crazy Eastern European accent for no reason. Did so you just you tell me it's a 2% on Rotten Tomatoes? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it but we should ignore that. But we should That's ignore right. that. No, Double down. Ignore that. 
Do not ignore that. It earned every percent. Uh, should we go behind the scenes? Do it. Do it. Good times. I talked about this briefly. This is one of the first films ever to include the stunt performers' names in the final credits. Interesting. Yeah, because like I said, I they're really doing that was always. Yeah. No, they're roller like, balling it. They were roller balling it because you really are skating around, and there really is a motorcycle swimming by. And frankly, James Con can skate. Yeah, he's, he's doing I could his not skating. do this. I can I can do this on a flat surface, uh, 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 but I'm not going up on banks and stuff. He was up and down. He was he was rocking it. He was doing his thing. I was convinced I, it was going to be kind of a fake 70s stuntman with a mustache, no. but it wasn't. It was him. I bet he went to a lot of roller disco back in the day when that was a <laughs> thing. disco boogie. Absolutely. It was, it, was he in Xanadu? He was. Uh, the game of rollerball was so realistic that the cast, extras, and stunt performers played it between takes on the set. Yes, I was. Go- that was my contribution uh, for behind the scenes. Absolutely, that tells you how fun mm-hmm. it was, and how many of they're those having were a ball. I always thought the only way to improve this movie is if the ball was, in fact, the ball from Phantasm. That would just yes. click it up to the next level. That would be so yes. amazing. So when I threw it, a giant sport came out and, and hit you in the head. And stuck you. Absolutely. Exactly. Uh, director Norman Jewison attended this film to be anti-violence, but audiences loved the action of the game. That <laughs> There was actually talk about forming actual rollerball leagues in the wake of this how, film, and he was horrified. How is there anything in this movie... About anti-violence. And I love Norman Jewison. He he has directed some of my most favorite movies. I just watched Moonstruck last night. Jesus Christ Superstar. Right. I mean, it, the list goes on. The list goes on and on. And I read somewhere, Norman Jewison, not Jewish. Not Jewish. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's uh, Jewish son. Only... He's just the son of a Jewish person. That is correct. <laughs> there, was, there was only one rollerball rink. It was redressed each time to appear as rinks in different cities. I thought so it was slick. Go. Good stuff. Many of the extras in the film received an extra wage in order to cut their fashionably long hair so that the look of the film would not be tied to an era in which it was made. Yeah, they right. failed on that one. <laughs> I mean, it's no uh, more let's... out of date than 2001 or whatever. They all have that same. But you can't help it. That's your time. Oh, absolutely. Well, right. You view the world through the fashion of that time. Right. So a lot of things that just appear like, oh, well, this is the way things are and this is the way they'll always be. In the future, there'll be no zippers or buttons. It'll all be Velcro. (laughs) It'll all all be Velcro. That's space age technology. Uh, Norman Jewison said he cast James Caan as Jonathan E. in the film after seeing him play Brian Piccolo. In the TV film Brian's Song, do you remember Brian's Song? You know, I never saw that. That's a man song, it was a, a man movie. It, it's it's a man movie from the early seventies. Like, right? Men love. It was basically it was with um, uh, James Con and oh my god, uh, Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams played the Kansas Comet, whose name just jumped out of my brain. Um, Gail Sayers. 
Gail, Gail Sayers. They were both Chicago Bears running backs, Brian Piccolo. And it was about their relationship, like two different guys from two different sides of the track, you know, nothing in common, who form like this, this serious friendship. And then James Caan gets cancer. So the last of the end, the, towards the end of the movie, he, he dies. Spoiler alert. And it's, it's a tearjerker for men. It's, so it, it, it is it is a hallmark for men. So It's hallmark for men. That's it exactly gives it, it it's is. okay to cry in this movie if you're a man. It's okay to love another man. <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, yeah. That's the message. That's uh, the message. Thank you, 1970s. <laughs> they uh, were concerned about finding sufficient extras for the film in order to make Tokyo look credible. The crew dropped off flyers at local hotels, which resulted in 150 eager Asians showing up for the required days of filming. Just random. Asian vacationers just showing up to be because in the seventies there were no people of Asian descent. Were they still at they, uh, the internment camps? What, what happened <laughs> there? Yes, they're still exactly at Manzanar. What, what, what was happening? It's a I sad mean, situation. I, I mean, a lot of this was filmed in in Europe. So yes, that is true. Contrary to rumors, no one died during the filming of any of the stunts in the film. However, there were some serious injuries, including a few that required hospitalization. So I could go. see that. I could see that. Um, this film takes place in 2018. Well, I think in 2018, wasn't that when uh, Roller Derby was coming back? It was Lady Roller Derby, though. It was Lady Roller Derby. Absolutely. I don't know if it was 2018. It was. I think it was like two. Maybe a little maybe. earlier. Yeah, maybe two, you're right. 205. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Um, when asked what this film was about, James Conn reportedly answered, it's about 90 minutes. Ah! That sounds very James Conny. Yes. <laughs> he was not a fan of many of the movies he made. Right? Great. There, there's a number of stories of somebody going up to him saying, I loved Alienation. He's like, why are you talking about that film? That was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Very upset. Very upset. Sounds about right. And then he pulled a, a Sonny Corleone He's and just like him up. beat the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he did. Uh, why are you talking to me? Okay. Let's talk about the cast and crew, shall we? Love your, Norman, love your James Caan uh, impression. You like it? <laughs> <laughs> Norman Jewison was the director writer of Rollerball. You know him for Jesus Christ Superstar, In the Heat of the Night with Sidney Yeah, Poitier. that's a great one. Uh, Moonstruck in 1987, yep. The Hurricane with Denzel Washington. Didn't I mean, he see did that. A ton of stuff. Yeah. Ton of stuff. Successful um, fella. Very successful. James Kahn played Jonathan E. You know him. From such films as Thief in 1981, Rollerball, Misery in 1990, The Godfather. He played Sonny Corleone in 1972, etc. Alien Nation with our friend Mandy Patinkin. Yes. Uh, let's see. John Houseman played Bartholomew, who was, I don't know, the leader of the, the company, I guess. The corporation. It was the energy company, right? Is that what it was? Yeah. Um, you know him from The Paper Chase in 1973, the movie. He played Charles W. Kingsfield Jr. Rollerball. <laughs> he was in Three Days of the Condor with Robert Redford and Jane Fonda in 1975. 
And he was in John Carpenter's The Fog in 1980. There you go. Not a classic. Not uh, a How fan. dare you? We need to talk about that on this show. Maude <laughs> Adams played Ella, the, uh, the former wife. You know her for Octopussy. She played Octopussy, the titular role. Oh my God! What a t- yep. it was like the worst James Bond name ever. I'm like, it was okay, crazy. Really? It or was not crazy. Front door pussy because but it's I, not something I love they, it. they just wanted to throw the word pussy in there and see if they can get away with it. Then they did. They did. She also <laughs> was in another James Bond movie. She played Andrea Andrews or Anders in The Man with the Golden Gun. Right. So she's famous for playing. Two different Bond girl characters in two different movies. Bless her. And then she That's did. Never this. happened before. And then she did. And then she did. This. <laughs> um, she was in Rollerball. Uh, she was in Tattoo in 1981. I'm unfamiliar with that. Unfamiliar. And anybody else you want to know about from this movie? What about his weird mustachio friend, the one that gets into the John coma. Beck played Moon Pie. You know him from Rollerball in 1975. He was in Sleeper. Oh, Woody Allen. Woody Allen. He was in something called Black Day Blue Night in 1995. Unfamiliar with that. Unfamiliar. Is that porn? (laughs) Who's to say? He was in something called Audrey Rose in 1977. Oh, no. Audrey Rose is is an exorcism uh, movie. That's a good one. He played Bill Templeton in such a film. All right. Uh, oh, one thing I wanted to say is the the blonde woman who comes to live with John. Oh yeah, e, she looked she looked like a supermodel. She was John Cleese's ex wife. Interesting. Boom. All right, one, one of his ex wives. What I was going to say. He seems like he's a pain in the ass. Love John Cleese, uh, but his he seems first... like he'd be difficult. His first Fussy. ex-wife was in uh, all the... Her name was Connie Booth, and she was in Faulty Towers with Yes! Him. She was in, um, uh, like, Monty Python... All the Monty Python stuff. Yeah, she, she was, was the girl there. in all the Monty Python stuff. Yeah, right. she was the housekeeper um, in, in Faulty Towers, which, if you haven't seen yes. it, it's hysterical. Good stuff. Uh, the we talked about... Don't we mention about... the war. Don't mention the war. I did That's once, right. but I think I got away with it. <laughs> uh, Robert Eno played strategy coach for the Houston team. <laughs> we might, we mentioned him briefly. You know him from, he was Professor Hakita in the, in the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. Uh, he was in Rollerball. He was Sam Fujiyama for 148 episodes of Quincy M.E. And he was in one episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. There you go. There we go. Uh, one more name I want to talk about. Ralph Richardson played the librarian. Yes. Uh, in Rollerball. Yes. I only mentioned him because he was in another movie we talked about recently. Do you remember what it was? Oh, God. I looked it up, too. I was like, what was he just in? Something we love, though. What was it? He was the supreme being in Time Bandits. That's right. I love Boom. Ralph Richardson. He was He's also more, he, in Dr. Zhivago in 1965. Yes! Paris in 1949. Oh, the Fallen Idol in 1948. Though. A lot of uh, stuff. Yep. I think that's all we need to know. That's Unless enough. You can think of anybody else you want to know about. That was a deep, deep reaches there. That was a deep. Let's talk about the rating, shall we? 
Rollerball, currently 67% on Rotten Tomatoes. You know what the audience gave it? 74. 61. (laughs) I I would think it was at least garner a C rating, you know. Interesting. Let's Let's talk about the top critics. Vincent Canby of the New York Times says, Everyone else, including Mr. Khan and John Hausman, who plays a leading Houston executive, is more solemn and serious than the movie ever merits. 1.5 out of 5 stars. Boom, he dropped the hammer on this one. Uh, And Variety staff. (laughs) Norman Jewison, sensational futuristic drama about a world of portrait stars. James Caan in an excellent performance as a famed athlete who fights for his identity and free will just because he didn't want to retire. Because he didn't want to retire. This could have been the Tom Brady show. Absolutely. (laughs) What is your rating? Maybe his wife was reassigned because he wouldn't retire. (laughs) (laughs) That's absolutely true. It's all coming true. It's all coming. It's foretold in Rollerball. That's right. As, as prophesied. <laughs> what is your What is your rating for Rollerball? Oh, I mean, it's not terrible. It's not. Uh, you were singing its praises a minute ago. Now it's, oh, yeah, it's not terrible. I liked, but there's so many holes in it. And then, then the end just started getting bo- boring. All the fighting, after a while, it just becomes white noise. And it's it's like you're it just does. watching car races again. You're like, oh, okay. Another race through the streets of uh, whatever. Chicago. Okay. Who cares? So I'm going to give it 2.75 1970s Roman orgy tickets. All are welcome, so you children. You got a ticket for that. You got it. Yeah. And giving it away for free. All are welcome, children. <laughs> it's non-refundable ticket. Absolutely. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm, I'm kind of on board with you. Of course, for the entire recording, you were like, <laughs> it set the tone. It is iconic. It uh, really reframed how we think about sports and about film in general. Not about film. That's right. It changed my life. I have a new direction since watching Rollerball. Uh, James (laughs) Caan should be canonized as a saint. Uh, He's already, you know, playing Italian, so he's halfway there. No, I mean, there are parts of it I really like, but it's not enough to carry the whole movie. I mean... Okay, I, I gave it 2.5 uh, stars. Oh, I haven't five. said 2.5 what out of what. So oh, it's okay, 2.75. Roman orgy tickets is what you said. <laughs> I forgot. I How forgot. many more things do you want to add to this? <laughs> Nothing was in anyone's uh, butt, so I got confused. <laughs> I, I give it 2.5 uh, crazy ex-girlfriend blowing up trees in the backyard for no reason. Yeah. Uh, out of five. Laughing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is true. It was and fine. For, for what point also? Yes. She was just to show her dissatisfaction with Jonathan E., I guess. And trees. Um, and trees. Uh, it was fine. It wasn't anything outstanding. I mean, if you happen to watch it, you could do worse, but it's not yeah. like I have to seek it out kind of film. It's kind of my nah. attitude. Like I said, now I've I paid seen $3.99 it. to watch uh, it. 
I fell asleep the first time I watched it. I fell asleep the second time I watched it. Did you have uh, to pay three ninety nine again? I didn't. Thank Jesus, I did not. <laughs> you didn't um, buy it. You don't own no, it. No, 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 no. And the well, and you also have to understand that movies from the seventies and earlier were running at a different pace. They had a slower pace. They were a slow burn, and you have to kind of accept that going in. Uh, that being said, I thought it was okay at best. So two point five. There you go. Good times. Okay. So thank you very much. Go to our pages on Twitter, Facebook, X. I've been calling it Twitter. It's not Twitter anymore. It's X. The which... platform formerly known as Twitter. Absolutely. Threads, Instagram, TikTok. You can also be watching us on YouTube this very second. Uh, you can also if email If we were live streaming. If we were live streaming. You can also email us at the podcast that wouldn't die at Gmail. Gmail. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and where the finer podcasts are available. So don't forget to like, share, rate, and review. Won't you? Won't you please tell a friend? Aaron, what's your social media situation? You know, I'm on the XYZ. I'm on the threads. I am on the gram. I am the cult of Aaron. Join the cult. I am also don't feed the pigeon on Instagram. Uh, professionally, I'm on artsy and first dibs under the instant dream gallery. Aaron Doherty. Buy something. Be won't beautiful. you? Beautiful. As you guys know, um, each week we try to include a little listener, viewer, response, mail, whatever you want to say. So, responding to our episode knock at the cabin we had some feedback here we go george hannah wilson simply said wasn't a fan (laughs) you're mistaken (laughs) sir you're mistaken sir william james said i can't remember much at all about it i never got around to the book but i expect it's better not that the film was bad i just don't remember it the men in black come in and, and give you a little flash yep next week next oh, week excuse next me excuse oh you me. had a comment as well i Go have ahead. a comment this is in regard to our throwback thursday uh post on the hunger uh mark rodriguez this is on the ticker talker i tried to watch the movie but my mother wouldn't let me yeah, that's probably for the best. Although you missed some great Bauhaus singing and the immortal David Bowie. Oh, well, don't forget the erotic lives of uh, Catherine Deneuve and, uh, and Susan, Susan Sarandon. Sarandon. Which, it's an all-star cast. Which, all-star. It'll knock you on your butt, that's for sure. Now, my, my question <laughs> is, is this, was this like when he was a child or is this currently he is a child and his mom will not let him watch? Those are my questions. Well, that is something I do not have the answer to, sadly. <laughs> These are important questions. I think we can. I, I think that, that my first thought is: uh, is this like a, a seven-year-old sending me a message? Because Lord knows, I'm just following everybody. Because Lord knows, Lord so knows. So next week, we're going to be discussing the '70s. I don't know fantasy film. The Golden Voyage of Sinbad, starring Caroline Monroe, 
Tom Baker, John Philip Law. It's an all-star cast, it as is. you might imagine. I haven't seen it in so long, but it is iconic. Iconic and stop motion animation, motherfucker. It's that good Harryhausen stuff. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be joined with our by our friend Antonio from the Cult Worthy Podcast. So look forward to that as well. Where can you see the Golden Voyage? These are important. That's questions. a question. Tell me, because I gotta watch it. You can watch it on Fubo. <laughs> Fubo, oh, if you have a subscription. Fubo's not free anymore. That used to be free. Uh, something called IndieFlix. You can watch it on that if you have a subscription. Otherwise, $3.99, are you out of your mind? That's what it sounds like. Remember when that bonus of being on Amazon Prime was all the free movies, and then you realized it was a bunch of weird shit you'd never seen before in your life. Then movies were $99, $1.99, $2.99, $3.99. Mother Absolutely. Very upsetting. Very upsetting, to say the least. So, check that out. Yes. Of course, I own it, as you know. Of course. So, check that out. <laughs> Send any favorite scenes, favorite quotes, comments, and questions, and maybe we'll talk about it on our next show. So, thank you very much, and be well. Later, kids.